This podcast is part of the Gunna Geek Network. The opinions expressed may not reflect those of other podcasts or affiliates of this show or Gunna Geek. Check out other geeky podcasts at GunnaGeek.com. And get ready because geekiness commences in three, two, one. I'm phenomenal. I'm Are you? I've been waiting for you for hours. Yeah, like three minutes? What? Sorry about your, uh, sorry about your really hard life. That shouldn't I you make... be eating? Shouldn't you be eating at like a normal time, like a reasonable person? Shut up! What does that even fucking mean? I don't know. Like not nine fifteen. Maybe you shouldn't eat the microphone like you've been Maybe doing. Maybe you should there. shut the fuck up and die in a fire because you're not getting Smash Brothers opening day. I didn't say I wasn't. I said I might not. You said you're definitely not getting Smash Brothers opening day, no matter what. That's what I definitely didn't say said. that. I didn't That's say you anything literally close said. to that. Hey, what day is Smash Brothers coming out? I don't know, November-ish. Some fan. You know what I love about doing this podcast with you? Nothing, because that's what I when love about it. When it's over? <laughs> Do you get it? Because my that was my joke. I went up uh, an octave when you went down an octave. It was good. I heard it. That's how you warm up for a podcast, or at least that's how we warm up for a podcast here in episode 88 of Unqualified Gamers, where Jonathan Martin uh, talks to me. Or sometimes myself. I did my first solo episode last week. You did do it. I was, okay, so, well, but that was, all right, so before you talk about that, you're supposed to, like I said, your first and last name, and now it's your time, your turn to say my That's That's right, and I am Jonathan, uh, one of the hosts of Unqualified Gamers. Okay, so last week, Jonathan did his own solo episode, and I, I will say, I, I it was not nearly as painful as I expected it to be. Uh, no. In fact, I believe I I prefaced it and I delivered on the idea that it was the best episode of Unqualified Gamers that we have ever made. You actually said it was the best podcast ever recorded, it, like in general, I think. Mm. Oh, no. And I, so I may, that may be slightly, that may be slightly hyperbolic. Is it? Might, might be. Slightly hyperbolic or I don't know. Is it true? Is it not true? I don't know. It was fine. No, it was actually pretty good. I apparently you have been talking to me for so many hours that you've and and heard my solo episodes enough and listened to enough talk radio to know how to just talk endlessly forever even if no one wants to hear what you're saying. Was that a compliment? Yeah. Okay. So as for my first and last name, Jonathan. Right. So like I said, I'm John. Okay. And I'm one of the hosts of Unqualified Gamers, and this is my co-host, who I'm here with every week. Whom? Yeah. And here he is. Okay. Well, glad we got that out of the way. Would you like to uh, talk about video games, or just continue wasting literally everyone's time by not introducing me, the star? Oh, you're Cody. Is that, wait, why didn't you just say that yourself? 
Yeah, so this is Cody. I, again, I don't know why he didn't say that. Um, and we are the host of Unqualified Gamers, two guys who don't have any business talking about video games, and that's what they do. The premise of our podcast goes back to Socrates. Did you know that, listener? I don't think you did. Here's I don't, how. I didn't, I didn't even know that. You knew that. Because Socrates, or maybe it was Aristotle, I think it was Socrates said that the wise man knows that he knows nothing. We're an educational podcast, aren't we? We are. We really are. So our thing is, like, there's there's a lot of stuff we're not going to know about, and we're not going to pretend to be experts on anything, or know anything, or have facts. So We may actually pretend to know things. We will then immediately backpedal and tell you that we don't have any idea what we're talking about. For the most part, the thing is, like, if you want to know what game studio uh, made a game that we talk about, uh, Game Facts or I don't know, Game Spot or uh, IGN I, or I, I don't know, Game. And Sutra. one of the two, one of the two of us, normally me, uh, does tend to know that kind of information and does actually give that information. And I, I don't care or no, you, know. No, you don't. Um, so, but before we talk about video games, uh, normally we, we kind of talk about our lives a little bit, kind of what happened over the past but, weekend. But the so, problem is you don't have a life, and that makes so, this part of the podcast really difficult to get through. So I want you to ask me what I did over this weekend. Okay. That's, what's, uh, that's what everybody's yeah. curious about. So Friday, actually, uh, so there's this bar opening in Chicago called Geek Bar Chicago. And it's going to be a geeky bar. I, I don't know. It's a bar. All of the drinks and food are geek-themed. Like, you can get Dagobah something and... <laughs> oh, it's from Star Wars. Right. So that's the thing. It's like Star Wars and Star Trek and Doctor Who and, like, every geek thing you can think of. And um, that is supposed to be opening soon, but they're having some issues with construction, whatever. It, the opening has been delayed. So in the meantime, in order for people to get to know the menu, they opened a pop-up location in Wicker Park, my favorite neighborhood in the city of Chicago. And uh, pop-up location means they're basically in somebody else's space, which I don't really understand how that works. There's just like an empty restaurant sitting there they can move into temporarily, Mm -hmm. I guess, is what happened. So I went with a bunch of friends on Friday, which was their first day that they were open to the public. They had a private opening for their their Geek Bar Beta, is what they're calling it. Huh? See, because Beta comes out before the main, the real thing. Oh, that's like that's super cute, right? It's another geek term. So, uh, I I went to Geek Bar Beta, and uh, on Friday with some friends, and um, it was good. All of the drinks were Doctor Who themed. I got something about jelly at one point, and then I got a drink called Am I a Good Man? These, our server refused to tell me whether I'm a good man, but I, I think based on the way I tipped, she probably would agree that I am. So there's that. But it was So you're a firm believer that you, you're a good person because you have money. Yeah, that's generally okay. how people with money think, I, I think. Sure. Okay. So... Anyway, I went there with a bunch of friends. It was very cool. They have a lot of board games, uh, like a very great, ex- exceptional selection of board games. And the main location will be the kind of thing where they encourage you to come, perhaps rent a table or room. They'll have private rooms and play board games with your friends for four to six to eight hours, ideally while drinking their, well, at the pop-up location, somewhat expensive beverages. But their beers are cheap, so there's that. But, um, I mean, they have, like... 
very intense board games. We're talking like Arkham Horror, uh, Arkham Horror, The Resistance, well, some later ones too. The Resistance, Battlestar Galactica. I mean, I sent you a picture. You saw a lot of them, right? Yeah, there were quite a few on there. Yeah, so it was it was a solid selection and, and some of the very long games that take several hours. All of the way that front. So they had like 15 different versions of Flux. You've played Flux, right? Mm-hmm. Flux is a very simple card game. Super easy. Anybody can pick it up and play. Really fun. But very gamery. Uh, Flux. They don't. I didn't see Cards Against Humanity, but I would imagine it's there. I would imagine that was there, or at least Apples to Apples. Yeah, like yeah, exactly. Um, and Seven Wonders, which is my favorite board game because it's the only kind of like geeky, nerdy, hardcore board game that I own, and thus I am. I really, I really like that board game as well, actually. Yeah, well, I just like it because I occasionally win ever, which is a nice change for me. Of All right, tell me how this relates to video games. So what about this bar? The, the, so, you know, geek is a very umbrella term, right? Yeah, this is not, this is about my weekend that you asked about. You said, Cody, how I, is your weekend? Yeah, but I, I didn't really care about it. Yeah, so I I am telling you about the opening, and I'm just saying, uh, you know, I sampled a lot of the food. I will say their Wagyu sliders were delicious. They're called something else, probably like Alderaan sliders or something. <laughs> Star Wars, right? So there's that. But the the the, the way you beef sliders really good. I will not say anything else about the rest of the menu. It's a weird menu. It's like Brussels sprouts and pudding, and well, it's not. It's not that. But there's something kind of like that. There's some kind of like barbecue cauliflower. I mean, I showed you the menu. It's it's weird stuff, right? Yeah, I, I didn't exactly. It didn't look like something I was. I would be super interested in. So, like, I think of Geek Bar. Here's here's like in my head what I think of, and, this and is I probably love just my, this. I love your thinking on this because you told me this already. This is probably just like my my my. Yeah. So, like, if you're gonna like appeal to 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 gamers and geeks and stuff like i'd have like a mountain dew tap right like lean into it completely so i'd have like like literally a draft of mountain dew and it would just be mountain dew but it would be on a draft like a beer and you could get that you could get draft mountain dew and and like you would dress up snack foods like twinkies or doritos like have dorito nachos or something like that right like that like that to me is is clever and not self-serious. Like, torn pork shoulder? That, that's a little serious for me for a geek bar, if you ask me. Yeah, the, <clears throat> I think part of the problem is Chicago is such a foodie city, and you can't... Maybe the idea is you can't attract people unless you have some very, like... You could say that about any city. No, like, Chicago is a very foodie city. Did you not know that? No, I yeah, I knew they've got lots of interesting food in Chicago. Guess what? They've got a lot of interesting food in Minneapolis as well. What? No, Chicago is like a, it's like a hub for like some of the best chefs and rest. It's like the most one of the most competitive food industries in like the country. It's like very it's a very foodie major like I've heard it's more foodie than New York, for example. New York has a lot of pizza and hot dogs in probably very expensive places that no one can afford, but like they're not known for being a foodie from from my understanding i don't know i don't leave chicago chicago is like chicago is like disc one of final fantasy 7 there's basically midgar and then the rest of the world shoved into two discs like that's my world okay 
one third of my planet is Chicago. Reg- regardless, it's not like the menu didn't look like something I wanted from a geek bar. Like, I think like geek bar, geek bar, a place where you go like play board games, play video games. I think like trashy food. I just want, I just want cheap drinks and trashy food and the ability to stay there for a while. Well, irregardless of what you think, they do have Mountain Dew. I specifically asked. Okay, what is now? And uh, yeah, it was it was it was pretty good overall. It was a fun experience. Everybody was very nice. They had a lot of games. It was a good time. So if you're in the Chicago area, check out Geek Bar Chicago. Eventually, they're going to have big rooms you can rent and like play video games and have console game tournaments and things like that. So that should be cool. And. Um, they're also building this Geek Bar Media Empire, and they're going to have podcasts and some videos and possibly talk to like local video game developers sure. in Chicago and things like that. Uh, I uh, Full disclosure, I may be involved in some of that stuff that they're doing, but of course they don't have a physical location yet, so that's kind of a work in progress, which is mm-hmm. fine. Um, but once that happens, that could be fun. So Geek Bar Chicago is kind of a fun thing, and that is what I did on Friday – and I literally, literally don't re- – oh, no, nope. Saturday I did your favorite thing that I do. Bueller? Nope. I did your favorite thing to talk about me doing. You went on a date? No. Damn it, because I love every, when you talk about that. Every podcast, you say that I do this. You played Final Fantasy Thirteen. I hate you with the fire of a thousand suns. It's- Right now, you come every week. You make fun. You you do this, and now you're. I hate you. Stop. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Uh, you know I didn't do it. You know what? Forget. It. I. Oops. <laughs> no. I hung out with kids. Oh, you went to you went to an elementary school party. Yes, an elementary school party. That is where you like to hang out. Yep, Columbia College, Chicago Elementary School. That is, those are the students with whom I hung out. And how'd that go? It was fine. Good. A, this, a, a 25-year-old, he's not 20, he's 25, who worked on the web series I did, had a corduroy party. And so everyone had to wear corduroy, and they judged the corduroy at the end of the night. And it was really fun. And everybody there was 10 years younger than me, but I can still hang. I showed up on my Four loco. You know how I do. Oh, my God. It's so like, be be jealous of my life and go die in a fire. You got me. It's pretty hard to top that, isn't it? What do yeah. you do with your life? So huh? I actually – I actually, you definitely taught me, like legitimately, because all I did was work. Um, I did start double penetration yoga. <laughs> and my asshole hurts. Am I doing it wrong? It's DDP yoga. Diamond Dallas I'm, Page. I'm definitely doing it wrong then. All right. Do you like it? Uh, y- yeah. You know, it's different. Uh, I have never done yoga before. Or really, I guess, any type of exercise that focuses on stretching. Um, I quickly learned. I've always felt like I was a relatively flexible person. And, and I am. But I quickly learned that I am not, like, nearly as flexible as I could be. Because there are many moves in the just the very first. I'm actually on like week three now, and there are very there are many moves in just like the first three weeks that I I can't do very well. Uh, but I get like I get done. You know, each of these exercises, and we've talked about this on the previous show. Each of these exercises is like 20 minutes long, and I get done with the exercise, and I'm my muscles are sore, 
but they're sore in like a different way for me than after I get done at the gym. So it's not, it's not any, to me, it's not any more pleasant or unpleasant. It's just different. Um, but it feels good. And it's definitely something I want to, I want to continue to stick with. You know, there's like 11 different videos and I've literally only done one of them because according, like the way that the training goes, you just like do one for a while. Are so, you doing the beginner track or the intermediate track? I'm doing beginner because I've never done yoga before. So I didn't like, I'm 29 years old. I'm not like 18 anymore. I'm not, I'm not in good, like in okay shape by default. Like I'm now in bad shape if I don't work on, on anything. <laughs> so but you, you I were was going to the gym before, right? But this is completely different. I mean, yoga is completely different. The skills and like muscles and stuff that you build when you're weightlifting have literally nothing to do with what, I'm doing in yoga at all. That's true. It's much more about holding things. It's much more about um, just stretching. And again, it, it feels very good. It's just completely, it's completely different. So in in the yoga world, yes, I'm very much a beginner. So I do not regret my decision at all because I was sweating like crazy the first few times I did it. I'm well, a beginner. It, I... I, I saw a, um, a physical therapist, like, uh, I got it must have been like a year ago now, because my knee was bothering me, and he said my core was weak, because I had worked out every other muscle in my body. The point of the story is, I had a particularly weak core, and yoga's all about your core, and I jumped right into intermediate, and I've been able to hang in there. And our friend Guy went into the advanced track right away, when he hadn't, I don't believe, been working out a ton. So... If I may make a recommendation, if it gets a little boring or a little easy after, like, next week, switch to intermediate and just jump over, and you should be okay. Well, I get, to always... I get to see the next the next exercises soon, so we'll see how that goes. I get to see, like, That's the good. next routines. Sure, but it won't that was it. Otherwise, Otherwise, I played uh, Shadows of Mo- Shadow of Mordor with the little bit of time that I had. Which you reviewed on the last podcast that you did by yourself. And I how did, was I that did, for you? I didn't really re- review it. I more just kind of touched on the beginning of it. Because, um, you know, at that point I was about 10% into the game. Um, I was like three or four hours in, but I was only about 10% in. Now I'm about 40% into the game. And I've put a good like 12, 13, 14 hours into it. Um, and I am I'm loving it. I really am. I, it is... It copied the Batman combat system, like, to a T. Like, I think, I legitimately think, and I, I know nothing about this game, so this is this is me just talking out of my asshole. But I think that this may have been originally a Batman game. Because, the com- like, the combat system and the upgrade system is quite literally the same as Batman. And that's not a bad thing, but it's not doing anything original at all in terms of its combat system. I love the Batman comics. I love it. I think it is it is one of the best action game combat systems that I think was ever invented. I legitimately think that. I really do. It's really fun. Um, but even like, you know, it's even got like the uh, critical hit upgrade. And then you, t- you know, you're, you're working on to get a combo streak up to like eight. And then at eight, you can execute somebody. And in this game, it's a legitimate execution. Um... It's even got, like, the critical hit upgrade, and then if you time the button press at the exact right time, you get a times two multiplier on your hit instead of times one, so you can execute faster, right? So, I mean, it's, again, it is like Batman 
combat system to a T. For me, that's great. Um, and it's a little less Assassin's Creed-y than I originally thought. So when I very first got into that into the world, I was like, wow, I'm like climbing on a bunch of stuff. I'm like going up towers to scout areas, you know? Just like, and you've probably never played an Assassin's Creed game. Correct. But that's what you do when you're like unlocking the city and unlocking stuff to do. You like go to the tallest points in the city um, and you like survey the area and that unlocks all of the different stuff you can do in those individual areas. And same thing here, except in Assassin's Creed, there might be like 15 to 25 towers to, to, uh, to do that with. In this game, there's like six. But they do a smart thing in that you can just, once you unlock them, you can fast travel between them. So the world's not actually that big. And it actually is very nice just to be able to hop around. But it's just loaded with stuff to kill. Just loaded with stuff to kill. And there's constantly challenges to work on, too, which is something I didn't talk about last time. But, like, you know, one of the challenges will be, like, um, it's your survival challenge. And it'll be collect these sets of herbs. And it's, like, this one herb and this one other herb. And so just as you're traveling through the world, you'll happen upon these herbs, you'll find them, and you'll get some some currency to buy some upgrades. And then a new challenge will pop up for, like, some other herbs. Um, so there's, like, always things to be doing as you're traversing the world, which is, is good. It gives you an excuse to kind of walk around, right? Um, but there's just, even though the world is compact, it is just littered with stuff to do. It's like somebody has taken... It's like somebody has taken the bloat of kind of what the Assassin's Creed worlds have become because they've gotten, they've gotten like uh, incredibly large and they have kept all of the content in that world and basically shrunk the world by like 50%. So there's a lot more stuff to do, but the real key to the game and the thing that's really starting to shine is that nemesis system that I talked about in the first episode. And that's really starting to become awesome I've got this warchief who's killed me like seven times who is at the maximum power level that they can be at because I keep accidentally running into him. So he's he's the kind of warchief that I need to... Um, I need to... Like, I need to set up a very... He's He is literally only weak to one type of attack, and that's ranged attacks. And he's strong against all this other stuff. And he's got all of these incredibly uh, hard-to-deal-with perks for everything else. And so I have to basically set up a trap for him specifically to kill him where I can, like, basically just snipe him repeatedly, right? But every time I encounter him, he just, like, shows up with his war party when I'm in the middle of, like, fighting another group of people. And he just decimates me. Because one of the (laughs) cool things that happens is as the war chiefs increase in their power level, so, like, if if the war chief kills you once, they gain one power up to a maximum of 20. And power the, up. And and the higher their power level, just the stronger they are in, in your basic combat. So he he can at this point of the game, he can literally kill me in a single hit. <laughs> Good. Yeah, which is which is crazy. And so like I there are a couple ways I can deal with him. Um the one is to set up some sort of trap where I can really just get in there and pepper him with arrows, right? And then the second is to is to develop um a plan where like I pit some of the other clans of orcs against each other. Right? So there's a way to do that 
which I haven't unlocked yet, and that'll actually bring me to a complaint about the game. But um, at at some point here, I'm going to be able to like actually control the different branches of orcs. By I, I think it's kind of like a mind control type thing, um, and I'll be able to take control of one faction of orc to lead to battle against another faction of orc, which sounds awesome. Yeah, that sounds really awesome. I know, and it's completely dynamic. So, like, there's infighting that's happening between all these different clans of orcs all the time. Some of them are killing each other. Some of them, they'll, like, go on a hunt, and they'll kill a giant monster, and they'll gain a power from that. Um, because their their power is... The, the power that they have represents, like, their fi- not only their physical prowess, but their favor within the clan, too. Like, what kind of clout they have within their particular orc clan. And so, um, there's, like, constant infighting. I could actually, and this this won't happen just because of the, um, because it's just not, it's, it's not probable, but, like, I could turn around, and another orc could have challenged this orc that's been giving me problems all game to, like, a duel and kill him, and I would literally never have to deal with him. That could happen. It's not going to, because he's, like, at the maximum power level of all of them. So no other orcs will be able to take him down. But that could technically happen, which is really cool. So that, that nemesis system is, like, to me, the standout awesome thing about the game. It's really, really neat. So what's the standout uh, complaint you have about the game? So what I was just saying was, like, at some point here I'm going to get the ability to control these clans. I'm 40-ish percent into the game... Again, like 12, 13 hours, I still have not unlocked all of the abilities. And that, to me, is crazy. Like, the for a game that for a game that had about a three-minute tutorial, the tutorial was nothing. It was awesome. You, you are into the game immediately when you start this game. They, they dole out the, the, the possibilities for your character far too slowly. Uh, so that's my that's my big complaint because like like this ability to take control of work clans seems like it's going to be really cool when I finally get to it and I know it's coming because I've read about the game but I'm not there yet. Uh, I don't know. I, what's wrong with spreading it out a bit? Because I'm I feel like I've I'm I'm almost fifty percent into the game. So, so that first half would have been even cooler had I had that ability. Like like let me. Let me be awesome up front. You're, you've no. already given me you've already given me a tree of abilities to unlock. You've already got an experience system for me to unlock further ways to engage with like your combat system, your stealth system, and your range system, right? So there's already a power curve. So just give me all of those abilities unlocked up front then, and let that be your power curve. I don't I don't know if I agree with that. I mean, like, uh, Legend of Zelda Skyward Sword. Okay, most Zelda games, you get all the items, and then you get, like, in a dungeon, and then the last dungeon, you get the last item, and then you go to the end of the game. In Skyward Sword, you get the last item, and then there's this whole extra beat to the game, and I've already got all the items, and at that point, I'm like, well, I already got all the items, like, there's nothing else to get, just, like, let me get to the end of the game. They're completely different games, though. Zelda, I know, I know, like, but in, the, in the DNA of a Zelda game, you are unlocking a new item in every dungeon to then go and defeat the boss of that dungeon. And the actual, like, combat mechanics of a Zelda game are not that complicated. 
Like Zelda's all about the exploration. Right, that makes sense. Of those environments. But this is all about like the actual combat system. Like that is the focus of this game. And and the, the nemesis system. So if if you're given a quest, and like I've been given a quest to uh, find a way to kill four orc war chiefs, right? And I don't have the ability I like I'm not given all of the abilities to do that. There's still one that is that is hidden from me. And that's frustrating. So that's the thing that I don't like about it. I think they should have given me all of the abilities up front. And then let me unlock things to further enhance those abilities. Which is what they've done. All of the abilities that I have, I can unlock advancements for those skills through that experience skill tree. And that's fine for me. That's totally fine to me. How did Arkham Asylum do it? Um, I mean, there was... Again, it's a... While the combat system is the same, the the nemesis system like I'm I, I'm really citing specifically how this relates to the nemesis system I guess is 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 my main complaint. Okay, it's just I don't know because I, I, yeah because you're I've had to unlock all of these abilities to deal with the orc war chiefs I guess and that's like that's the the focus of the game like you have to do this quest to learn how to. Uh, poison the grog barrels in the orcs' encampments, but that's and then and then if they drink the grog after that, they basically get enraged and start killing each other. That's awesome. Like, why didn't you just give me that from the get go, and then have an ability later on that's like, you know, uh, when uh, when poisoning a grog barrel, uh, you are invisible, right? Like your stealth works inherently, and you're invisible for that. Hmm. Like I don't I, like I don't want to do like a twenty minute quest to show me how to 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 do the poison of the grog barrel things that's headed up by some ranger and the the, the actual main story quests are not terribly interesting at all. Um, but that's okay because the open world gameplay is really where it's at. I mean it's it's a, a wonderful open world game. But yeah, yeah. I just I feel like they held too much back. They've they've just doled it out too slowly. I don't know if I'd have a problem if it was over the first four hours of the game, but again, I'm 13 hours into the game, and I'm I'm almost 50% into it. Yeah, you know, I <clears throat> I can't relate. I don't know any parallels. I can't think of any other games that are like that, where they don't do that, or do. So, you're on your own with this one. Sure. But Sorry, anyway, you can think of any analogy. No, not probably not that you've played. But uh, I am try. really, I am really enjoying it, and like there is nothing more satisfying. Like I, I just unlocked this ability that basically pounds the ground and does this huge AOE um, spell that does just damage to everything, and basically this doing, area of effect, and 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 that's done with like an eight hit combo. And doing three of those will basically kill a large group of orcs, and you can have like forty to fifty things attacking you at the same time. It is awesome. It is incredibly epic. And you use these abilities, you do these abilities, and you just decimate everything, and it's awesome. Sounds pretty fun. It is. It's really, really fun. And you're playing this on Steam? I am. I am. It's the first It's the first game I have downloaded so far that I cannot run at ultra settings on my, on my machine. Oh, man. Look at it, you. It hitches. I know. It hitches pretty hard. I was impressed. Mm, yeah. Should have should have opted for that thirty eight hundred piece dollar PC build. 
I don't know what that is like at all. I still have to upgrade my video card, but oh wait, that means I have to upgrade my motherboard. And oh wait, I I don't know how. Oh to do wait, that. you just need it. You just need a new computer. No, I don't. I have all this like memory sticks. No, no, no. That's what you do. You uh, when you have something you don't like, you throw it away and you buy a new one. That's just oh, how. So I just throw it. This throw is it America. This is America. We are pro consumer here. Wow. Is that why there's so many divorces? Hi yo. You can't throw out a human. That's you can't messed. throw out a human. That's messed up. It's October. So anyway, that's what I was playing. What have you been playing? Have we? Have you been watching any horror movies? It's October. No, I have been very busy, and it's been frustrating. I have not watched a single one yet, and it's very sad. Uh, it's fine because I saw a friend Blake posted a screenshot of Castlevania Symphony of the Night. And now I feel like I have to have a castle. Oh, I never played Lords of Shadow 2. I downloaded that. Not relevant to me. Can you lend me that downloaded game? I think Steam has that family sharing thing. I don't think that's a thing we can do, is it? Yeah, I think Steam actually allows that now. I think Whatever. They've, they've found a way to do that. I uh, No, that, that's a good idea. I need to get Lords of Shadow 2, except, oh, wait. Every game is coming out now. Yeah, it really is. It's ridiculous so so Hyrule Warriors came out mm-hmm. the first two weeks I had it I only played it for 30 minutes because my schedule was ridiculous and I was going out like every night and like going out and hanging out with people and going to Geek Bar and all this other stuff then before I even get into Hyrule Warriors Smash Brothers 3DS comes out which as we all know it is well documented that my favorite video game ever is Smash Brothers of all time of all time so i've been i mean the second i get on the train platform to wait for the train in the morning or at night i am immediately on my 3ds uh playing smash brothers and it is phenomenal and it is it is the best thing i've virtually zero complaints about the game thus far i am just oh, i'm enjoying it so much it's so good <clears throat> And you're enjoying it as a portable, as a portable title as well. Yeah, it's fine. It's fine. It's it's Smash Brothers. It's it's like, it's like you know, for the last like 15 years, it's like, oh, Smash Brothers is my favorite video game. I can't wait to play it, or I'll pick up and play it when I get home, or what. And now it's like, oh hey, that favorite video game ever that you have. Um, oh yeah, you can you carry can play it around it with you anytime. Yeah, literally in your pocket. And sure. play it any time. And I, 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 I'm, I mean, I, <laughs> you know, I mean, like, yeah, I'd like to have it on my TV, but the experience is not, has not been diminished by the size of the screen to me. Have you I have found, no issues with it. Have you found anybody uh, in, like, your vicinity that you have smashed? Shockingly, did I say no. That, did I say that word wrong? I think wrong? you said it right, actually. It, shockingly, no. But I haven't checked my street pass notifications for a few days, and I'm still getting to know the characters and customizing things and, and all that other stuff. Um, so that's where that's at. So those happened, and then next week isn't another game coming out next week. I think I think Bayonetta two actually comes out next week. I think I was I was wrong before. I think Bayonetta two comes out next week. Oh, all right. And see, I don't care about that. I mean, I should, and I will get it eventually, but. That's you're gonna get that right. Yeah, I, I, eventually now because I bought Shadow of Mordor and uh, you know I don't I don't very oftentimes buy games at full price. Sure. So 
that was kind of a big that was kind of a big deal. But all the buzz that was surrounding it, I and just what I know about myself in open world games, some open world games, I knew I would want to try it. So sure. Uh, so in two weeks, Civilization Beyond Earth is going to come out, and I will not leave my apartment the entire next day. Oh, it's going to be so good. Oh my god, that game's going to be so good. I told our friend Will he needs to prepare himself. Like he needs to make sure his body is ready, because the day after that comes out, it. I mean, I'm I'm getting up, making coffee, getting on my couch, and staying there for probably twelve hours straight. Yeah, I mean, online we should, with him preferably. Th- that's the that's the kind of game where, you know, in Civilization too. Those those are the kind of games where I I would have no problem exploring the game with another person, like. It sounds like you want to get good at Smash Brothers before you start competitively playing it against other people. Like, Civilization, to me, is the type of game where it's totally okay to go in not knowing anything as, like, two people and playing a competitive game and using that time to learn about the game. You know what I mean? Sure, yeah, co-op. And I'm not planning on becoming competitive with Smash Brothers. I just... I'm just... I'm enjoying... uh, Yeah, I guess I'm enjoying learning it on my own so that I... Don't just go into a match and die. I guess maybe. I don't know. It's whatever. Um. So, but but yes. Beyond you have Earth always is... taken a lot of pride in your smashing. Well, yeah, but I. It's not like I'm like, oh, I'm not gonna play anybody until I'm really, really good at it. It's it's just more about like it's it's a more conducive environment to being able to experiment with all the moves and learn them when there aren't people destroying you. Like occasionally, the CPU will run off and grab an item or do something stupid or. I kill them more or whatever. So in those like couple seconds, I can kind of like throw around a couple moves and see how they work. Whereas sure. with the human, like you're more focused on just operating what you know to operate. I, I don't know. I'm talking out of my ass. It doesn't matter. Uh, the point is, yes, beyond earth, I'll explore with somebody. And then, uh, you know, if you want to hop on too, and will, it would be awesome. And then of course, smash brothers, Wii U just got announced for November. Uh, so, I'm actually going to be on a vacation, uh, on a trip out of the country when it comes out. But I return the next day, and uh, my friend is going to be on the trip. And so when we get back, I said, I hope you realize you're going to come back to Chicago with me and have a 13-hour Smash Brothers marathon. And that is what's going to happen. Is that John? Uh, no, Max. Oh, yeah. If his flight goes back to Chicago, I better make sure that happens. I'm going to make sure that happens. Yeah, you should make sure that happens. Make him change his flight to come to Chicago with me to play Smash Brothers for 13 hours, which is what happened when Brawl came out. Actually, it was Max that was with me when Brawl came out, and I played for 13 hours. He played for like six, fell asleep, woke up like a reasonable human being, and then played later. But uh, that's how I operated that evening of my life. So uh, it's just it's just a cascade of video games. I got Transistor, the new game from Supergiant Games on mm-hmm. Steam, and I haven't opened it. I got a Humble Indie bundle two weeks ago today, and I don't even remember what's in it, and I haven't played any of those games. Like, at this point, I basically should just stop going out and being social because there are so many games to play, it's insane. And as Jamie Butterworth pointed out on Twitter... Uh, one one of our listeners, as he pointed out on Twitter, I know how to milk a game's length like nothing else. Like how I played Bravely Default for seven months or so. That's true. Uh, so yeah, even these like five or six games I just mentioned are going to last me forever. Basically, the Toad game, Toads whatever, is coming out in December, first week in December. 
So, uh, all those things are things that are happening. Um, as for, as for today's episode, I know I said I would kind of talk about Hyrule Warriors. I'm still really early into it, but so far I like it mm-hmm. for the most, for the most part. Um, it is, it, I mean, it is effectively gameplay wise. I, I will say my first impression is kind of that Hyrule Warriors is, is a bit of a beat em up. And, and I don't mean that in a bad way. It, it, it has b- more layers than a beat em up. Certainly. Uh, there's, there's a lot going on at once. It is the kind of game that I would really, really prefer playing co-op. So I'm going to try to get my my friend that lives near me. I'm going to try to get my neighbor Stacy to come over and like be player two so we can kind of divide and conquer. Because every mode of the game is available in co-op. Yes, and that's, that's been standard for Dynasty Warriors games, I think, since like three, which was back on the PlayStation 2. Oh, really? Yeah. What works out for me really well is the last time Stacy was over playing Mario Kart, I gave her the Wii U gamepad, and I used a classic controller or something. I don't know why. And she, for some reason, preferred looking at the screen on the Wii U gamepad because she liked the resolution better than the TV. Hmm. So that's cool, because if I can get her to play Hyrule Warriors, the way the co-op works in Hyrule Warriors, I don't know if you know this, is one player gets the full TV and the other player gets the full gamepad. Oh, really? Yeah, so that's how so they, they just, work. They don't, they don't do a split-screen thing. Correct. No split-screen whatsoever, which, which I think is... I think that's a good use of the gamepad. I think that's a, a good way to do it. It's a little different. One yeah. person may feel gypped using the gamepad, but it, it does look really good on the gamepad. So... Um, so hopefully I can do that. I would strongly prefer to play this game co-op um, just because it can get a bit a bit mindless. Um, it, it's a little button mashy in terms of the gameplay, but now that I've unlocked some more weapons, there, there are a lot of different combos you can use. They're simple. Um, I, I mentioned, I think, a couple episodes ago that Team Ninja worked on this game, and, and you clarified that they did not work extensively on this game. Yeah. I don't know how you know that. I don't really care. Uh, but Team Ninja, of course, did Ninja Gaiden and Ninja Gaiden Two, the the new, you know, the the reboot or whatever on Xbox. The new batch, three sixty. Ninja Gaiden yes, Two, new, the batch. new batch. Yeah, and again, I, I I feel like I say this every episode. I hated Ninja Gaiden Three, but the first two were phenomenal, and um, Team Ninja worked on them, and they are two of my favorite games ever. I mean, really, really good games. They had uh, you know very complex button combinations and things like that. Um, Hyrule Warriors has, has button combinations that are completely different. I mean, there's only two buttons, Y and X, is really what you're doing. Uh, but the, the, way, the way that you link those together does change. They're pa- basically remembering patterns and then inputting them to, to accomplish very different special abilities with your strong and weak attacks. So it's, it's like the Ninja Gaiden series, only instead of using like four or five buttons, you're just using two. And it's just pattern memorization, kind of like kind of like any other action game. Um, so a bit more basic in, in that area, and you can get away with just mashing a lot of things. But in order to get really good at it, you you need to get a little bit more in depth into it. And um, I, I like the gameplay overall. The the different characters add a, a good amount of variety. I have unlocked four characters. I have Link and. Impa and Sheik, and then some fourth person that has blue hair. She's really hot. Uh, that's all I know about her. And mm-hmm. Sheik's right now is my favorite one to play as. I really like Sheik. She's got a she's fast and very fluid. 
I will say all of the characters, like in the Ninja Gaiden games, have a very, very, very fluid movement pattern. Like, all of the animations are very flowing and smooth, particularly chic, in my opinion. And just makes it, I don't know, it's good. It's easy on the eyes. There's a lot going on on the screen, but it's it's a lot of fun. So, are you familiar with the gameplay of Dynasty Warriors? Oh yeah, my brother and I, my brother and I played a lot of hours of Dynasty Warriors Three Extreme Legend, which was again on the PlayStation Two. Okay, so, yeah, I've got. There was a period of time there where I actually really enjoyed Dynasty Warriors games, and then games started to kind of get more complex. I mean, Dynasty Warriors didn't. Yeah. Yeah, it's not, it's not the most complex game you'll play. Um, so I will attempt to explain to the listener essentially what the gameplay is like. The, at this point, the probably just, if, if you don't know Dynasty Warriors, so this should be entertaining for you. If you know Dynasty Warriors, to hear me struggle with this. So um, I'll just describe my experience. So the game, the game goes on. I'm Link. Okay, I'm standing there, and there are like a hundred little Moblin guys in front of me. Like literally a hundred. Just a ton of this small horde of guys. I hit the X button for a strong attack, which is Link's like swing your sword around and go like Siat kind of a thing. I hit the X button, I do the Siat, and I I fling fifty of these guys into the air off into the distance, killing them all almost instantly. And so mm-hmm. there are all these hordes of monsters that you essentially are are taking out five to thirty of them per attack that you're doing. And if you chain together combos, then you kind of, like, push your way through these hordes with attacks and knock them all away. You're on a big battlefield, and generally there are three to five to more keeps or fortresses or kind of areas. that You can, you can run into them, and it's just like a square, and they're either blue or red. If they're blue, that means that you, the good guys, have control of that square, and, like, Hyrule guards teleport in or Gorons teleport in every once in a while and start running and also battling these little Moblin guys. If it's red, then the bad guys own it. And occasionally bad guys will zap in and then kind of run across the map and run amok. So basically there's a war going on. It's just like a big battle of a war going on the entire map. And the map is very large, very expansive. And, again, like, they're kind of spaced apart, all these keeps. And the object of each mission is different, but generally it will be something like go get control of a keep. So in order to do that, you run into a red keep, and uh, you kill a bunch of monsters until the keep boss shows up, which is like a Stalfos or a Lizalfos or a Poe, which is a ghost in Zelda, the Zelda series. And once the keep boss shows up, you kill them. They're a little stronger. They have a health bar. You have to dodge some of their attacks and basically take them out, and then the keep is yours, and then you can move on to wherever. It's very non-linear. All the maps are totally non-linear, so you're running around in various directions, like a, like almost like I want to say, like the map of like a Call of Duty game. So not symmetrical. Um, you know, certain places can lead to certain areas, but there's also some dead ends. I'm just talking about in terms of the kind of like non-linearity of it. And sometimes three-dimensionality of it, because there are, like, right. ledges you can hop off of. So th- that's the essential gameplay. And the aforementioned, you know, chaining combos and attacks together and things like that. You also have, like, 
kind of like a limit break, basically, where after you've killed a bunch of guys, you can hit A and then perform this special attack that just destroys everything around you. And you also have a magic meter, kind of, that you can power up your character temporarily, and you're super, super strong for like 30 seconds. So a um, couple different systems in there. There's a lot going on at once. Like, all these notifications will pop up on the screen, like, oh, Link, a gold cuckoo just appeared over in this keep. Destroy it before it comes too powerful. And then, like, there's a little blip on the map. And then it's like, oh, the enemy is sending two bomb shoes towards our keeps. Go destroy them. And it shows two big blips on the map with arrows pointing to what direction they're going. So you have to intercept these bomb shoes and attack them. And while this is going on, perhaps a gold Skulltulla appears. And it's like, oh, a Skulltulla appeared on the map. Go find it and destroy it for the bonus. And you have to go to this big spider web on the map, find the Skulltulla within it, and then it, like grab it or whatever. And then you get bonus artwork or whatever it is. And uh, so there's just all these things going on. And these are all going on at the same time, basically. And at the same time, you're also getting notifications like the Eastern Keep is about to fall. Or, oh, we just took the Western Keep. Or, oh, the Western Keep is falling. Or, oh, Zelda's in trouble at the Southern Keep. And you have to, like, run and save these guys. So you have to just be aware of a lot of things. And I think that's where a lot of the challenge is supposedly derived from. Is just kind of being able to stay on top of things and prioritize. Sure. How's the, how's the difficulty? So I have said it's a hard mode. And it's still incredibly easy. Uh, is, that the, is that the highest difficulty? Yeah, there's easy, medium, and hard. Um, it is... There's nothing challenging about it so far. Okay. Uh, at all. Uh, now, my now our friend Blake has played through the whole game and has said that it does get more challenging after the, like, fourth or fifth level. And I just finished the third level. So, supposedly the difficulty will ramp up. And that's fine. Usually the first few levels of a game can be on the easy side. That's fine. That's fine. So, um... I, but I will say it definitely uses kid gloves at the beginning. Uh, if if you completely plow through the first level, then just jack it up to hard mode, and, and the next couple levels will be a, a bit better. The, my other thing is I've kind of been, not grinding, but I've been gaining levels on the side. So they have the main adventure mode, where there's a storyline and a plot, and you go through these levels. Uh, and then there's also this like retro mode. So, it shows you the map from the original Legend of Zelda. You remember that map? Yeah. It's like, what? It's like a 10 by 20 map, maybe? Maybe 10 by 15 or something? Is it? Is it that small? It could be. I don't know. Maybe it is. Maybe it is that small. Maybe that's actually not that small. Maybe it just sounds small to me. Yeah, it may be more. Maybe like 12 by 12 or 12 by 15 or... I don't know. I have no idea. But it's roughly... It's between 100 square tiles and 200 square tiles, probably, or 250. I don't know. But roughly, okay, it's got to be at least 10 by 10. Let's just say that, probably. Unless we're wrong. Hey, we're unqualified gamers. Anyway, it shows this map, and uh, and it shows a little link icon on this map, and that's where you start. You hit A on the link icon at the starting tile of the original Legend of Zelda, and it zooms in, and you can fight a battle there. It's like a mini Hyrule Warriors battle, and you can fight that battle, and depending on your score, like bronze, silver, or gold, you'll unlock adjacent tiles, and you can explore those. And this is the story mode, or this, this is, is like a different This is mode? this like side 8-bit side mode that's completely separate from the story. The story 
thus far, excuse me, has been like, okay, I beat level one, cool, level two. I beat level two, cool, level three. After level three, it branches off. So you have three distinct different areas you can go to um, based on the storyline. This is a separate mode, but you're using the same characters that you use in adventure mode and mm-hmm. the same experience points and the same items and the same levels. So what I've been doing is I, I've cleared a few of the levels in the original adventure mode where, okay, cool, I zoomed into the first tile, cool, I unlocked a couple more. So I go north one square, as one does in the original Legend of Zelda, and I defeat the enemies there. Well, I got a silver, which means I got a candle card. Like the red or the blue, ca- or the red candle that you burn things with in Zelda. So then, when I go a tile to the east, there's a bush that I can actually burn with that candle to open up a staircase that brings me to kind of a bonus battle. So it's it's basically just kind of a like fun, unique way of presenting side quests, essentially. Sure. Which are just extra battles that you go and play. And you can unlock things, and that unlocks things on the map. So there's a little meta game going on there, and uh, but again, it, you get the resources from those. So whenever you kill a boss or like a, a special monster, you get a material for upgrading things. And I have a- acquired materials from the side questing that I have not yet reached in the main quest. So that means that I've been able to upgrade a couple of my attack combos and a couple of my side weapons beyond what I would probably normally be able to have if I had only played the main storyline levels at this point. Okay. So I'm a little stronger than I probably would be, which probably contributes to some of the ease of the game at this point. So that's why that's happening, I would guess. Um, but I like it. There's a, there's a lot of little side stuff here and there. There seems to be a lot of content. I don't see myself getting bored with the game. I, you know, my first impression as of the very first level was, oh, this is going to be really repetitive. And again, it's not. It's not nearly as repetitive as I thought it would be. Uh, all these different weapons and new things are, are really cool. Add, add some layers and add some depth and add a lot of variety. So that's very, very cool. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think I can play it for probably like a hundred hours. I don't know if it's like Dissidia, Duodecim, deep or anything like that. But you know, our, like I said, our friend Blake um, said to me he beat the game and it did not get stale to him. But he probably won't play much beyond the main story and a couple of side quests that he's done. So you know, I don't see myself clearing that entire eight-bit map and sure. doing the story. But I will definitely do the story. I don't think it'll get old. I think it'll be fun. And uh, I'll do a few of these things here and there on the side just to jack out my characters a little bit. And uh, I think we'll call it a day. The other nice thing is you get uh, a one and a half times rupee bonus at the end of a level for uh, being on hard mode. So I've also... So that really jacks up your income? Yeah, so I've jacked up my income quite a bit from that. So there's that as well. But uh, overall, overall, it's fun. It's, it's fun. It's, uh, it's, it's not a Zelda game. It's not a Legend of Zelda game at all. doesn't play anything like one, nor was it intended to, obviously. But just for those who are interested and they're like, oh, is this like, no, it's, it's a Dynasty Warriors game. But um, having never played a Dynasty Warriors game, I like it. I think they have had a nice use of the license. Uh, you know, the music, the music is really cool. It's all like hard rock, like metal versions of all the Zelda songs. And that's also, I think, a standard of the... Um of the dynasty warriors thing to have, um, to have like hard rock music. Oh really? Yeah. 
And that is very reminiscent of, I would definitely compare it to Castlevania Harmony of Despair, the multiplayer Castlevania game. Was that the name of it? Yes. It was either Harmony of Despair or Harmony of Dissonance. I think it was Harmony of Dissonance. Okay, I know Actually. there were. I know it was HD were the the initials, but I I thought they came out with Despair and Dissonance. I don't remember which is which, but the multiplayer Castlevania game, where you could play. I played on Xbox Live, where you could play as one of several Castlevania characters on a big multiplayer map, uh, with and zoom out to see the whole castle. That game was full of hard rock covers of Castlevania music. And this is exactly like that. It's like hard rock covers and arrangements of Zelda music. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of fun. It's, sure. it's kind of fun. Um, yeah, but again, good use of the license, um, and, uh, and and I'm and I'm enjoying it so far. And, and it looks it looks good. It's a very cool looking game. Um, and there's one weird thing in between levels. They they have this narrator read the storyline to you. Okay. And it, it's this it's this female voice. And I don't know if it's because it's a Zelda game or I don't know what it is, but it bothers me so much. I, I can't, like, I can't put my finger on why. And, like, she seems like a really sweet girl. Like, I'm not trying to <laughs> knock her, but something is, like, weird about it being in the game. To me, maybe it's, be- it, maybe it's because there's not really any spoken dialogue ever in Zelda games. I don't know what it is, and I—it's like a dumb thing. I'm not like complaining about it. I'm—I'm I'm mostly just thinking out loud. Why does this bother me? And I—I I, I don't know. I don't have any idea. It's just this—this this woman narrating. It's not because she's a woman. Women are great, you know. Go girls in gaming, all that stuff. Like, I have no problem with the, that inherent fact. It's just something about her delivery is—is just like I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. It's weird. I'm weird. I'm weird. Whatever. You heard it here first. Cody hates women. Yeah. Do you have any other questions about Hyrule Warriors? Not yet. I'll probably have more for you when you play it more. Because I'm more interested... Like, I've played a lot of Dynasty Wars. I really have. And so I'm way more interested in the legs of this game more Meaning, than anything else. Like, what do you mean by that? Like, how long it can last. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I gotcha. I think... Yeah. I don't remember what Blake told me, but uh, we'll see. We'll see. And again, not sick of it yet. I've only unlocked four characters. There you go. Right. So uh, I'm interested in that too. And uh, that's all I have to say about High World Warriors. I, I I could probably say some about Smash Brothers, but I won't because you just know I'm gonna just gush about it. So I'm sure. I'm sure you'd love it. it. You know, so far so good. I have. I have. Again, really no complaints. Uh, I just like it. I'm happy that I have it in my hands. It's good. Which which is awesome. Yeah, it's good. It's it's a good thing. It's a good thing to be happy sometimes, you know? I think it's a good thing to be happy all the time. Or it's I should say be happy. as much as you can. Yeah, as much as you can is good. Yeah, sure. Thanks. Uh, I really can, you know. Uh, stuff. Uh, anything else? <laughs> Not that I could think of. Why are you laughing at me? Because I have no idea what you just said. You just kind of mumbled a bunch of words. Yeah. Well, well yeah. I mean, I don't know this. Cue the music. That's not our theme song. That's not a. 